So we've been working a series that we call Ignite, and I can't tell you, my background, my, you know, what I grew up in in church, this work kind of gets me excited. I get pumped up uh, about it because automatically I think of uh, this moment that I had, my first encounter with the Lord, and uh, the moments that I would define as moments of me having, you know, that true first love for Christ, being able to acknowledge what he did, what my life trajectory could have been and should have been, and where I am today. So thinking about the igniting, I'm, I'm over here just, I got a fan and there's a flame within me and I'm just going to go after it. And that's what we need in this time. That's what I'm, I'm just kind of speaking now, church. We need to be bold. We need to step up. We need to realize that there's something within us that is not something that's given or that we created or that we put within us. It's something that was planted within us, a promise of the Spirit, and it's a power powerful thing that God's just, he's just waiting at the door to be able to use it. So that's why, again, I say that in the next, you know, couple of weeks, we're going to talk about serving different things. Man, I want you guys to walk out of here today with some flint, with some uh, air on your flame and be able to kind of grow that initial love that you have for Christ and pursue what it is that he has given you within your heart and in your mind to do. But before I want to do a little recap, I want to do a little recap of where we're at. So for those that haven't been here, so if you're new to Market Street or you don't know this or even you have been here and you don't oftentimes think of it, our mission here in our church and our ministry is to love people and to grow in Jesus. It's a kind of a dual thing for us. We believe that serving, loving, giving of ourselves, not, com- not in a convenient way. This is kind of different for our thinking too. I, uh, you know, give examples and I've given them before. My, you know, my family supports a child overseas. There's so many things that you can do that are convenient. No, no, no. I'm talking about when we love, love is not oftentimes convenient. It's something that has to do with a little bit more sacrifice. When you think of Jesus and his love, I mean, he gave that ultimate price. So this is the mindset that I want us to have. This is what we believe in. Again, a loving people that's sacrificial and then growing in Jesus. I mean, that it kind of defines itself. What does that look like? I'll be talking about some of that today, but we believe that a growth within Jesus is going to be the best bet for our life because following him makes us better as lives. It makes our lives better. That's what we kind of coin around here too and we think through. So this is our mission. We're going to talk, we've been talking through a couple what's and we're going to talk about the what number two today. But before we gave the what's, we wanted to talk about why. Why should you love people and grow in Jesus? Why should you be moved to want to do something for this ministry in general or at all? I'm being bold here. Why should you you know, raise your hand for giving or raise your hand for serving. Why? Well, these are some whys that, you know, we came up with. And the first one, if you wouldn't mind getting up to that slide, it's you were, someone did this for you. You were guided by someone else. You were in a position and you were in a place where, and and maybe it's just me. I mean, is it just me that I was kind of in a dark time in a difficult place? Was it just me that, you know, I I had someone to come alongside me? I don't think so. I think at some point, Somebody said, oh my goodness, you need to know Jesus. You need to experience what this is. You need to see the reality and the transformation that you can have in your life through following Christ. So this is a a motivate. This this is a fan on your flame. Like, wow, somebody really did this for me and somebody impacted me. How can I, what should I do? How should I do this for others? Because there's others that need this. Number two, you have spiritual gifts to offer. Again, just like I said prior, it's not something that you built yourself or not something that you made yourself. You know, you have a gifting that God put in you to be used for the, this time with, for people around you, for people that I can't reach. 
Again, the faces that you see every day are faces that unfortunately I can't. I wish I could pop by work and just, but I don't want to be weird. And, you know, this time and age, it's just things are different. But if I could, I'd just pop in and work and start preaching, but I can't do that. But you have an opportunity to influence, to love, to be patient, to be kind. These are opportunities that you have, right? So you have these spiritual gifts that you can use to transform people. This is another reason why we want to, again, ignite. Number three, you have been given great resources. This is the most encouraging thing to me and for my, you know, background, because I, when I was, you know, between the ages of five and 13, I had a major stutter. I had a, I was 380 pounds. I just wasn't someone that would step up here. But you know what? I was given resources of power that came from the spirit, right? To release this, to just, I was given love and ability to love. I know there's a lot of people out there that are hard to love. Come on now. But you've been given that as a resource. Don't tell me that you can't. Don't tell me that you can't because it's a resource that's been given to you and of self-control, which again, it ties a little bit to what we'll be speaking about today, so I won't get too ahead ahead of myself. And lastly, if not the biggest one, man, we were granted amazing grace. Not your common grace, not just you're okay, you're sorry. No, we have been given the grace that we also have been gifted a place to be in heaven, gifted to be part of the family and be a co-heir. Do you understand what it is to be a co-heir with Christ? This isn't something that you can earn. This is something that has been given to us. It's a gift. And man, should we be thankful of not having to live in this, you know, rotten place that we were, not to be lost like we were in another time of our lives, but to be given this grace that we can, when we make that decision to follow Christ and to him, we can just move forward and he's going to use us and he's promised to do so. So these are the whys, and I hope these are motivating. I, I wish I could just walk out the door and let us go home, but no, I'm going to get after it here. Um, but these within themselves should be such a motivator for you, to flan, for you to fan that flame that's within you, that it happens to all of us. Sometimes it's comfort. Sometimes it's things that just life gets in the way and we get comfortable, and that, and that flame just kind of starts mellowing down. No, 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 no. This is not the time for us to let that flame mellow down. This is the time to start fanning it. So last week... Pastor Chris introduced the first what, and that first what was to invest and invite. This is a big push that we have felt that the Lord has just put in our hearts because it's so tied to Jesus' mission, Jesus, which we find in Luke 19.10. I won't share the verse, but basically in my own paraphrase is that he came, son of man himself, he came to seek and save the lost. Pastor Chris just kind of, you know, shared that we need to have a a moment of awakening that Jesus sees people and we should see them in that way too as two separate categories, either lost or found. And that should move us to then take action. If someone, again, these people that are around you, these people that you do life with, family, friends, people that are struggling, that you can see them, you should have such a burden, this flame within you to give you such a burden that you wake up in the middle of the night and you feel like you have to pray. This is, this is what it should do. This is what it should do to you. This is what it looks like to really have a mission of seeking and saving the lost. And that's where we get that, what number one, which is again, to invite and to invest and invite. So the what number two that I'm gonna talk about today is grow. Again, this is the second thing that we believe in this ministry that is gonna allow you and allow us as a church to accomplish this mission. It's gonna get you to a place that you're gonna be walking according to what God has for you, but then also it's gonna give you the best opportunity 
to be a transformative factor where you are, to be a transformative factor in the areas that you do life. And it's going to get you to a different place where you are today. And I'm going I'm to go through it. But I'll tell you what. I'm 31 years old. I know I, I kind of average for the folks that are here. Not super young, not, you know, old in age. But I've had so many different seasons already kind of happen. And I've just found myself just really having to look back to how I handled myself and how I handled my spiritual life, my spiritual growth, based off of the season that I'm in. I've really had to kind of take uh, heed of what I've done, what I'm doing. I don't know if I'm the only one here, but isn't it, isn't it typical for us to either, when we things are good, God has answered all of our prayers, God has responded to the things that we need, God has saved us. I just had a moment like that. I'm just, you know me, I'm getting up here and I'm just telling how it is. I just had a moment like that. My spouse and I, we spent nine, eight, maybe seven months of worry, dread, fear because of what doctors are telling us about our child, which she's here today. She's perfectly fine. Praise the Lord for that. <laughs> Hallelujah. Don't get me preaching about that. <laughs> so I've just spent, again, another season. I entered it and I was just so much worry, so much anxiety, so much so I've had to reevaluate, again, these moments that I've had that have been pivotal in what I've done. So, right, he answers our prayers, things are good, and we're fine. Or, you're right, the other seasons that are just the storm comes and you're just taken away. You're, you're just shook in a way that you just can't pick yourself back up. These are the two common times that we distance ourselves from God. Am I the only one that experiences that in those two ways? Were we on the same page? Okay, that's good. I just wanted to make sure before I kept going. <laughs> And I just, I just can't deny the fact that there has to be something within my process of spiritual growth that has to kind of help me identify these moments and what I should do, where I should be, what I should be looking after, what's important in this specific time. Yet when God is good and he responds to our cries, to our calls, in our knees, or what to do when we just can't anymore when we have to surrender because we have no strength to move on. And that's what I want to spend some time in today. And this is the perspective that I want to give. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of familiar faces here. So most of you know my story somewhat, but I'll, you know, kind of just share nonetheless. So I, when I moved from the Dominican Republic uh, to come to the U.S. to go to college, it was in Minneapolis, so Midwest, woo -woo, you know, crazy Minneapolis. It's, you know, snow, just, it's nuts over there. But I had the privilege then um, as I was, you know, playing, my, met my teammates and was playing college baseball. And a lot of my friends that were with me were from Iowa. So these were, and these guys were just very much, I just was attracted to them, like in their schedules and what they did. Uh, so that's the type of person that I am. I was kind of mature for my age. So I just watched what they did. And they were just so disciplined that I just saw what I saw of them was very much structured and that's what I needed, so I gravitated towards them. Jed McGuire, Ian McGuire, Jay Beachley, I mean, these guys like, that I love and appreciate, they were like the first friends that I made. And I, I got kind of to know them a little bit more. I kind of started talking to them about their lifestyle and what they did, and, and they kind of opened my eyes to what, who they were, what their background was, and most of them had a farmer background. So this was 2009, 2010, so we're talking not like in the 50s, like these kids 
were farmers. I mean, they would talk about what they did and like what was important to them and their values. And man, they would, uh, at one point, I remember having a conversation and saying, you know, the summer was coming and I couldn't travel back to Dominican because it was just too expensive and far. And, and I was a college student, obviously. So I started thinking like, who can I go hang with and what can I do? And I remember talking to Jane. I was like, dude, I just want to, you know, come over to your house on, in the summer. I mean, you guys are so great. I'm sure we'll have a good time. And then, and then he told me, I was like, sure, you can come in anytime if you're ready to walk jeans. I was like, if there's any Iowa people here, you'll know what that means. He's talking about some gruel and gruesome work. I mean, he's talking about like getting his butt whooped with work. And I didn't go, praise the Lord. Um, but, but I still remember, and even like online, you can find this. You can find this information. I, I was drawn to them and I understood their discipline because it came with just how they lived their lives, especially when they were working on the farm. So I kind of have a little bit of a schedule so you can get an idea. If you don't have this, or if you are a farmer, and maybe I should add some more to this, I thought this was bad enough, so, but I kind of wanted to give you an idea of what their schedule was. So he, Jay would tell me, okay, we'd get up in the morning, 5 a.m., and we wouldn't even take care of ourselves first. We would just kind of take care of the animals, right? So we would feed, we would give them the things that they need, make sure that everybody was good, heard who we needed to, talk who we needed to, and, you know, whatnot. So then next, then we took care of ourselves. Then we had breakfast and, like, maybe planned the day. He was talking about, like, you know, we'd look at where everything was at and what we needed to do and plan it there, eat breakfast as quickly as we can so that we can get back out. And then at, at 9 a.m., then they would start. So this is obviously depending on what the season it was. You know, if it's summer, if it's the weather's good, then they're talking about cropping. They're talking about getting as much grain and feed, whatever they needed to do, it was time for cropping work. But if it's winter, then they're still kind of working through and figuring out what they need to do to prepare. What I, what I love is that there was always a moment that they still were preparing. There weren't just letting things settle. You know, winter didn't mean that you could take a break and just like live it up. No, no, no. There was always intentionality with what they were doing and preparing. And as you see, they would continue, you know, they had dinner and then they'd go back out at four. Then the kids would get back from school and they're like, oh, I'm so tired. I got to do homework. And no, they were sent back out work and work. And these, again, could you imagine having to do this Monday through Saturday? They wouldn't do it Sunday because they went to church. You know, maybe after church, they would kind of work some things in, I'm sure. But church for them obviously was important. So, but could you imagine, what do you need here? What do you need to be able to accomplish this six days of the week? I mean, motivation, how do you even motivate yourself to do this? I don't know. Like, I just try to kind of understand what was it that motivated them, but they understood their role. They understood their job and what they needed to do, right? Discipline. I mean, the discipline to be able, you got to go to bed early. You got to get your sleep. You got to take care of yourself. You got to eat well. You hear what I'm saying? The discipline that you need, it's not, you can't go just party it up and then think you're going to come back and do this type of work. That's just not going to happen, right? The consistency the belief. These are things that they needed in order to be able to accomplish what they were looking to do. And I cannot tell you that as I'm evaluating myself and I'm evaluating my seasons and I'm evaluating kind of how I've allowed these specific things that just happened with life to kind of toggle me around. Man, if I would have had a perspective of having this type of discipline in my life, I, want, I just wonder how these seasons would have gone. I wonder how my mindset would have been if I would have had this type of mentality when I'm thinking about my spiritual life and my growth and the importance of caring for myself and like the connection that I have in the relationship that I built with Christ. 
I threw this in your minds because this is a perspective that I want us to have. And if there's one thing that I've noticed, especially now and more, more recently, that if I'm going to have a successful spiritual life and a, and a consistent growth in Christ and a consistent pursuit, him taking me where I want to go, this is something that happens often and consistent. And isn't something that happens overnight. It isn't something that just is accomplished easily. It's something that is often inconsistent. So I'm going to go through a couple of slides of what I mean by that. So we're going to go, you know, jump a couple of slides here. The first one is that spiritual growth isn't accomplished, like I said, overnight. This is a process that most of the time is coined as a journey, right? Because there's so many things that we're going to face within our age, from middle school to high school, high school to college age, to college age to then relationships, and maybe you're talking about marriage, from that then to having children, then from having children and working and investing your life in a career, then you're thinking about retirement. These are, these are things that are going to change your mindset. They're going to change how you talk. They're going to change the way that you do things. Man, if you're not being cautious of your growth and your connection with Christ through these seasons, I mean, something's going to give. Am I right? The second thing is, and I love this just because I'm, you know, I'm a sports guy, spiritual growth, isn't, it isn't sprinting. It isn't a sprinting race, boom, you're done. Man, it's more like a triathlon. You've got to prepare for different events. You've got to get yourself ready because not only are you going to run, but you're going to swim. You're going to bike. You're going to do, I mean, this is the reality of our growth. It's not just, boom, we made it. We accepted Christ. We know half of the Bible and we're fine. No, 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 no. It doesn't work that way. It does not work that way. It's, a, again, often inconsistent, and you're in preparation as you proceed and move forward. The next one is that spiritual growth requires you to be intentional, not just going through motions. When I say the word intentional, and this is something that's tossed around within our culture, it's doing something, knowing why and what you're doing. So why I spend time with Christ, why I spend time in the word, why I give, why I serve. This is important because if not, then you're just going to find yourself doing what everyone else is doing and the impact that it should be making in your heart, it's not going to happen. You see, what, you see where I'm going with that? It's important to be intentional. Again, just like our friends, these farmers, man, they had a plan. They had a day-to-day. They were so intentional with what they were doing. That's what's required of us. If we're going to get out of this, what it is that we want. If we're going to see the growth and see the spirit move in our lives the way that he wants to move. The other one is that, that spiritual growth it also is, is it isn't effortless. Man, it's going to be demanding of time, and it's going to require some sacrifice. It's not easy. It's not, it's not, it's not going to be an easy thing. It's going to require time, and it's going to require sacrifice. And lastly, spiritual growth, it isn't a natural part of us. And this is something that I've had to kind of warp my mind around too in this season. It isn't a natural part of us. That's why it's not an easy task to do. So Around here, we've talked about the flesh. We've talked about the effects of sin within our lives. And this isn't the message or the direction that I'm going here, but I cannot tell you that this flesh within us is just hungry. It's hungry to fulfill and to satisfy itself of anything that's not Christ. Whatever it is that you want to do outside, whatever it is that you want to, it's hungry for it. Literally, it's battling you when you are like, again, it's so hard to not like go off on someone. It's so hard to not like, let your anger burst out. These moments that make it so hard, that's that flesh. It's just dying for something for you to feed it. This is a, it's not our natural way. This is why it's not easy. This is why it's hard. This is why it requires intentionality. This is why it requires discipline. 
and sacrifice because it's something that's not a natural part of us. But I'll tell you what, when you get there, when you get to that final end of the race, oh my goodness, it's, again, it's something that we, and ultimately, why I know that it's not just a part of us is the fruits that are seen afterwards. These, this love, this peace, this patience, this joy, when these things come up, again, that, that stuff isn't natural either. I think about so many instances in my life where I've either had like, you know, a difficult manager or, or I've had, you know, some things that have happened to me that I wasn't happy about, you know, automatically, like what comes out of me isn't, it isn't a spiritual gift because that's our natural way. That's what's ingrained within us. But the more we are intentional with our spiritual life, again, with our, with our personal growth, the more we invest time and effort and realize that it is going to be sacrificial, man, and the more we can start seeing some of those fruits come up. This is, this is the goal here. This is the goal, to be able to see that love in a, in, a, in a time and a place where it shouldn't be, to be able to see joy when we shouldn't be seeing joy. You know, who has joy when they lose their job? Who has joy when they lose a family member? Who has joy when they're going through a difficult time? This isn't our natural way. But guess what? These are the things that these spiritual gifts that we talk about that we've been given these resources, those are within us for us to be able to pursue and to be able to see. And those are ultimately the ones that are going to impact the world. They're going to impact the people around us and impact uh, those that we're doing life with. So the last conversation that I had with Jay, this is probably a while, like, I don't know, maybe four years ago now, I, you know, try and keep tabs, Facebook and stuff. You know, we were talking about, obviously, then me trying to understand, like, what, what's most important to you then? You know, you're at home, you're with your dad, you guys are doing work, you guys are cropping, you're doing, you know, stuff. What's, where did it, what does it start? What does it start with? What's the most important thing for you? And you might correct me, I don't know, this is what he, you know, told me, and he said it, it's the soil. Our land, our land, where we cultivate, where we plant, it's so important to us. In fact, if we're going to buy land to grow our farm or if we're going to do anything, we are so meticulous to like seeing the soil, seeing the opportunity for growth, bringing people out to kind of look and see if it's a potential to see growth, to see, you know, the the growth in their efforts, right? I want us to, at this moment, recognize that we are farmers. I'm just going to, I know, I wanted, I was trying to find a gallon hat, couldn't find it. Couldn't find uh, any, I know, I was going to go full-on outfit, but that was just too much. It's going to be too distracting. But I know, I'm so extra sometimes. <clears throat> but this is the mindset that we need to have. And the, and the second thing that we need to realize is within us, this soul, man, it's to be cultivated. It's to be, it's to be put, there's work that needs to be done to it. We need to invest time within our soil because, again, within us, we've, we've, we spent a couple weeks back, you know, talking about the heart. And I actually, you know, had the privilege to, you know, speak about that too. This, this heart of ours, man, it could get hard pretty quick. In an instant, things can happen to us, and this heart can turn into stone. I mean, you guys, you know, hear these terms the same way that I do, right? It, we have to do everything and anything that we can with the diligence that our farmers, our, you know, people that grow the food that we eat every day, they have such a diligence and are so methodical. We need to be the same way. And I want to walk us through no story. Again, we look to Jesus here at Market Street. We, we look to Jesus. We love to uh, learn from what he says. And there's a story that's very popular that I'm sure you guys will all know. And my hope is that we get a different perspective on where we're at and to what we need to do to get to where he wants us to be. So if you have your Bibles with you, or if not, you can follow on the screens. We'll have the verses up here. I'll be in Matthew 13, starting in verse 18. 
and we're going to go through 23. So I'm going to start with verse 18, so you can read with me. Hear then the parable of the sower. Verse 19. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is the one on whom seed was sown beside the road. Jesus is identifying, he's again, speaking in parables. This was common for him. There's a million things that you can draw from these verses. He had wisdom that will surpass all of our understanding. And he was very intentional with what he said. Here he's talking about someone that is receiving a seed. A seed could be a word. A seed could be, you know, scripture. A seed could be an encouragement. It could be anything that's planted within you. The one that he's describing, the one that doesn't understand it, and then what happens afterwards? The evil one is going to come and snatches what has been sown within the heart, and then he gives a description of what that is. So the first soil, so this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go through soils. The first one, it's not even a soil at all, really. And I, and I, and I kind of want to describe this because I'm so passionate about this for myself. Man, again, I've shared my story here, but for those that don't know, gosh, I come from a background of family members that were uh, drug addicts. They were... Uh, uh, drug lords, they were incarcerated, they were people that abused and took advantage of others, they were people that didn't care for anyone but themselves, they were people that destroyed lives for a living. This is my background, and Jesus came into my, again, at that point, my father's life, and it changed the trajectory of my entire family. I cannot tell you enough that just that, that testimony, if you're here and you're in a place where you, you, know, you haven't experienced Christ and you don't know who God is and you haven't seen him in your life. You see, you think that God is far away from you, that he, you know, he doesn't have anything to do with someone like you because of what you've gone through or your past. I'm the first one that's going to tell you that's a lie. And I would love to sit down with you and give you details about what God has done in my life and how this move of him and him entering my family and changing that tra- trajectory, it gave me a belief and a faith. And this is what it takes. This is what it takes to get you from being the road, the one that's not really soil at all, to moving forward. It's a belief and a faith. The word is clear. But man, I, I, I can't tell you, we spend a lot of time around here just digging in and, and digging deep and trying to hear from the Lord for what he has from us. But he's active now. You talk to people, again, I, I just want to even take an opportunity to share my story. He's changed and transformed the trajectory of my life just because, just because he can and just because he had a purpose and he wanted to let me know that no matter what I was supposed to be or no matter what I should have done, he had a plan to use me. If you're sitting here and you do have a belief, but you don't have a faith that he wants to use you, that's a lie from the enemy. He's ready and willing and wanting. He has given you spiritual gifts. He's given you power. He's given you love and self-control to be able to accomplish these things. So now is the time. Now is the time. I'm not going to do anything here, but man, I'm available. I'm here at church Tuesday, Monday through Friday. I'll meet you and I will talk to you about what God has done in my life and what he wants to do in your life. First thing is acknowledging though, man, why am I not when I read or like, why am I having such a hard time being here in church? Why am I being, having such a hard time, you know, being able to sit and read the word? Listen, listen, listen. 
The enemy is just trying to keep you as a road. He's trying to keep you where you're at. He wants nothing to do with you transforming your life. He wants nothing to do with God using your life as a testament to change people's lives. He wants nothing to do with that. So believe me, he's going to be there ready, willing, and waiting to snatch that up. But you know what? If you can get to a point, whether that's here, and we want to help you with that, or it's with, you know, involving yourself in, in different things that will get you exposed. To, if you can get to a belief and a faith, man, that's where your journey starts. That's just the beginning. Because then what God's going to do and what he's going to continue to do is just going to be transforming. So I'm going to move on to verse 20. It says this, the one on whom seed was sown on the rocky places, this is the man who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Pretty good, right? I mean, yeah, that's great. We're excited. We're, you know, we're doing pretty good. Verse 21, then it says this, yet has no firm, yet has no firm root in himself, but is only temporary. And when affliction or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he falls away. I have to be quite honest with you. This, this soil number two, I call it the uncommitted soil. And this is probably the most dangerous of all. This is probably the most dangerous. And this is why, uh, uh, this is why I say this. When I think about someone that, or myself, or even anyone that receives word and then like it receives it with joy, but then once something happens, it just, it becomes over its head. It's, it's a double-minded person. It's someone that goes with the waves, goes with the currents, goes with what's going on. This is dangerous. So I stood in the mirror a couple of days ago. Uh, Pastor, <laughs> Pastor Chris said this, a couple, like, I can't even remember when it was, but he was just saying, you can't go in two directions at once. I tried to do it. I wish I would have taken a picture. It's so awkward, like, try, <laughs> spreading my body to try and go into, you can't do it. You cannot go two directions at the same time. Listen, 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 listen. I cannot, I cannot stress this out more. This place, the uncommitted soil, is probably the most dangerous because you can get stuck in it. You can get stuck. It could be a cycle. You know, you hear what you want to hear from the, you come to church and you hear encouragement and you hear good things and, you know, you just, you're encouraged by different things happening at work. But when something, when something happens, then the growth that you had or where you got to, it just falls to shame because you're just going to slide right back to where you were. Remember, imagine being in this cycle. Imagine being in this cycle and continuing. I mean, this is your whole life being affected and impacted by that. So my challenge for you today is what the brother of Jesus challenged his audience in his book. It's to be a hearer. It's to not be a hearer of the word, but to be a doer. Go from that. Next slide, please. Go, go from being a, a person that not just hears and sits on it. Man, get out and do it. Yeah, it's hard. It's sacrificial. But again, now we're understanding that if we're going to protect the soil and have this growth, well, we're like farmers. We're going to get up. We're going to do what we need to do. We're going to get ready for the day. We're going to put ourselves in a position that if God gives us an opportunity to do something with what we're growing with in his word, well, we're going to do it. Listen, it's not time for hearing anymore. It's not time for that anymore. We've reached a point where our heart is full, right? The word is impacted. We've seen transformation in our lives. Well, there's people that are desperate that are desperate to see it. And the way that they see it isn't oftentimes us just being in the corner and preaching. Isn't oftentimes just us inviting the church directly. In fact, Pastor Chris argued that, that last week that sometimes we need to take a step and get involved in people's lives because they can see in the internet what we have for them. They can look up what is the Bible. They can look up what is, is the Bible good for me? And they're going to read millions of things that are going to give them direction. 
we have to change strategy here. It's not summer anymore. We're not just cropping. It's winter, and now we gotta, we got to prepare. we got to plan differently. So it's time to go from hearing to doing in order to get out of that cycle. I cannot tell you. I mean, again, it's saying that it's falling in rocky places. Man, be a farmer. Take a pickaxe and get after it. Get after it. Get up in the morning. Pray. Get up in the morning. Read scripture. Get up in the morning. Encourage your spouse. Get up in the morning. Get your kids ready for the day. Let them know who they are in Christ. It's time to get that pickaxe and get after it. If not, same cycle. Yeah, things are great. You'll get up. You'll hear the word. Things are good for me. Oh, that word was so great for me. If Jesus was talking to me, you know, and then hard, teams, hard times come and you just fall right back to where you're at. Listen, I've lived in that cycle because of, again, just the, the trajectory of my life should have been way different. The enemy's just coming after me. So I've had to like live through a cycle so many different times. I'm just telling you, I'm imploring to you, find yourself grounded in what's your truth. Hear it, hear it, study it, and then go and do it. Don't sit on it. Verse 22, and the one whom seed was sown among the thorns, this is the man who hears the word and the worry of the world and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. And it becomes unfruitful. I've called this soil number three, I called it the distracted soil. A lot of us sometimes meander into this one. There's a world full of things. There's a world full of needs that become wants and wants that become needs. And we get wrapped up in the things that we have available to us. And slowly but surely, it just starts chipping away at our time, our importance, our love for Christ. It just starts chipping away. These are these thorns. When I, when I picture my life and I picture anything that wants to take God's place, man, I picture it just as a thorn. A thorn that just wants to come out and just take over. Listen, listen, listen. Thorns, are, are, they're just destroyer of plants. They're destroyer of seeds. They don't want the gifting. They don't want the fruit to come out in that way. I just want to put this simply, man. It's time to prune, friends. <laughs> it's time to prune. It's time to take an evaluation of where we're at. And if there are things that have gained traction to Jesus' position in your life, whether that's a relationship, whether that's a job, whether that's a friendship, whether that's whatever the case may be, it could be anything. If that thing has gained traction to God's position, if it's taken a step ahead of this position in your life and the love that you have for him, that's dangerous terrain. It's dangerous terrain. Again, the flesh is just wanting. It's wanting and willing. It wants to be filled up. It wants to get big and like, be like me when I, you know, 10 years ago, it just wants to get big. That, I just picture the flesh being just big and ugly. I'm sorry. That's why I kind of make those faces because that's what it wants. It just wants to feed off of anything that's going to replace Christ. It's time to prune. It's time to prune. Whatever that may be, if it's separating you from Christ, if it's putting you in a position that you can't take steps forward, if it's putting you in a position that, you know, you're, you're, you're just, you don't have time, you don't it, get it out. And again, the time is now because the fruits are there. The seed is planted within you. The spirit is just kind of working and he's waiting for those fruits to come out. If there's no pruning, man, those fruits aren't going to come to life. They're not going to come to life. Verse 23. 
And the one on whom seed was sown on the good soil, this is the man who hears the word and understands it. So I wanted to stop there first because sometimes people, you know, they, they see that understand it and they think that they just like get what the word means. Like, you know, obviously there is a, you know, there's translation, there's study to be had, there's Greek involved here, Koine Greek, which is a Greek that they spoke at that time. It's not just talking about that understanding of the word. When you get to this point, which is this soil, soil number four that I'm going to talk about, man, you've, you've just gone through it. You've processed. You've pruned. You become a doer of the word instead of a hearer. You see things in a different lens. This is why this person understands it. They've been through it and they've kept on. They've been through the struggles. They've been through the storm. They've been the house that's on the rock that sometimes Tito taught. They've been that. But guess what? They've been seasoned for it, but they, they don't allow a circumstance to change them. They don't allow a situation to just rock them and separate them from God. No, 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 no. They understand it. They know. So they hear the word and they get it because they've been seasoned through. And then it says, who indeed bears fruit and brings forth some a hundredfold, some 60 and some 30. This soil is where, man, we need to, Whatever we need to do, whatever we need to do, soil number four, number four the well-kept soil, this, this, is, this is where we need to be. This is where we need to be. This well-kept soil understands that, that it's a journey. It understands that, man, it, things are good right now, but I need to, like, it, that has nothing to do with my relationship with Christ. My studying and my consistency and my diligence to pursue God has nothing to do with my current situation. This is who I am. This is my lifestyle. I love. I encourage. I build people up. I don't tear people down. I, I respect my, my boss. Even if he's giving me a hard time, I don't care. This, who, this is who I am. I'm someone that builds up. You know, my kids are giving me the roughest time. I'm in a you know, crazy situation. I don't know what to do. No, 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 no. That doesn't, uh, that, it doesn't matter. I encourage. I build up. I present the word. I pray. My marriage is struggling. I, you know, I'm just done. I, I'm done. You know, I'm walking out the door. No, 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 no. A well-kept soil said, you know what? The enemy's trying to destroy my family. The enemy, I don't know if you guys know this, but I could, I could preach a whole sermon about this. If there's anything that the enemy's targeting, it's the family right now. Yeah. It is the family, friends. Your mom, your dad, your brother, your sister, anything that can split you up, your kids, your relationship, he's coming after it. I hope you, under, I hope you see this clearly. The well-kept soil is going to say, you know, no, 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 no. I'm not going to be moved by this situation or this circumstance. I'm a child of God. He's given me resources. He's with me. He's walking with me right now. I'm just going to pray, and we're going to move forward, and we're going to bust through this. And I'm going to be diligent, and I'm going to be consistent, and I'm going to sacrifice time. I'm going to sacrifice social media. I'm going to sacrifice my phone. I'm going to sacrifice certain things so that I can spend time with my Christ and find myself. Find what I need to find for my family. Find what I need to find for my relationships, for my future. That's what the well-kept soil is. And more than anything, if you want to know, okay, I've made it here to this point. Man, it's identified by its fruits. Any soil that's good, any soil that's ready, any soil that's been prepared, that's been worked, and there's a seed that's been planted, there are fruits that come up. This is a natural thing. And the purpose of Jesus' message here is that this word that, I'm, that I give you, this, you know, this, this connection with the Spirit, these things, these, these seeds that I'm planting in you, they're meant for growth. 
If it's not growing, it's time to evaluate where we are. Are we soil number one? That we're not a soil at all. Things have happened, maybe, and we've distanced ourselves from God. We haven't come to Christ, maybe. Maybe we haven't had that opportunity. I'd love, I'd love to have a conversation and pray with you. Or we're soil number two. We're soil number two, that we're uncommitted. We just, you know, in the good times, we're with it. And the times that we struggle, we go back to what we were. Because it can't be true. Because obviously God, yeah, I pray and he's not answering my prayers. We're number three, that we're so distracted with the things around us. These thorns are just killing the seed, killing the fruit. Not allowing you to fulfill what God has and allow people to see these fruits that are within you. And the goal is to get to number four, to be, man, to be that well-kept soil that everything that we do, we see those fruits from it. So it's, it's time, friends. It's time to really analyze and evaluate. We, we think, we know here in this ministry that if you care for your growth, what number one was invest and invite. Number two, if you care for your growth, it's going to be life transforming. I'm, I'm not doing mar- telemarketing. <laughs> it's not even close to that. We know, we understand that if you decide, okay, Today, I'm going to walk out of here and be a soil, be a farmer for my soil. I'm going to take the time to cultivate. I'm going to take the time to get it ready, and I'm going to start being meticulous. I'm going to invest some time. I'm going to cut out these things that are distractions. I'm going to spend time in the Word. I'm going to let this Word grow in me, and I'm going to start doing. I'm going to go into my community. I'm going to talk to people that I wouldn't talk to. I'm going to do life and be more intentional about being with people that you know need Christ. You know it, friends. You, you can see it. It's out in the open to see We need to make a decision today. What do we need to do? Do we need to prune? Prune it. Get a clip, whatever. Prune it out. Get it out of your life. Put yourself in a position to do that. And I I just can't say we, you know, I spend a lot of time, you know, my background, I'm from a third world country, so Pentecostalism reigns. That's kind of what the things are, and that's what it looks like. I cannot tell you, I feel like Paul sometimes when he's writing to that church in Colossians, and I'm going to share this verse to close. He, he, just, he's t- he tells them in the first five verses that he's just praying. I'm praying for you guys. That's all I'm doing. I'm praying for you guys so that you guys can see fulfillment, so that you can see God move in your life, so that you, we can continue to see growth in our ministry and growth in this, in this thing that is following Jesus, that there's life transformation, that there's a purpose for people that are around you that you don't even care about. I'm praying so that you do that. This is Paul. And then he says in verse 10, which is such a beautiful, I think this is the definition of getting to that number four, getting to that well-kept soil. And this is my prayer for you today. It's going to be my prayer for you until I drop. I mean, to be quite frank, this is just going to be my prayer for you. And he says this, so that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord to please him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Listen, when you are that well-kept soil, everything that you do for God is just for gain. It's just for gain. There's growth. Serving, there's, there's, there's gain. Being involved in a group and you know, rubbing shoulders with people that are in the same life stage of you and just being able to do life together, there's gain. Serving people outside of the community, treating your boss right, treating your, your spouse right, these things are going to be for gain. When you get to that soil number four, verse, verse 11, strengthen with all power, according to his glorious might, for the attaining of all steadfastness and patience. Steadfastness and patience, again, these are natural things. These come over time, in our process of time on our growth, 
You're not going to be patient right off the bat. You're not going to be steadfast and want to do something for God right off the bat. This is a process that's going to happen for you. And then, you know, verse 12, joyously giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. An honor and a privilege to know that with the decision that we make to follow Christ, man, right off the bat, he's given us such an amazing grace, a place to be with him. But that place, we don't know when it's going to be. The angels don't know when he's going to come. So if he's not coming, let's not just hear. Let's do. Let's do. That's what I implore to you. That's what I'm going to keep praying over you. I pray that you get an itch to do something for the ministry, to seek within, to seek the deepest part of your heart and say, Lord, what is it that you have for me to do in this time that I have here in this world? It's a short window. It's a short window. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, we're just, uh, I can help to be here, Lord. I'm so encouraged by the community of believers. Um, such an encouraging thing. There's parts in this world, Lord, that people can't gather to listen to your word and to, and to be encouraged by what you, what you say through your word. We're just honored to be here and thankful, Lord. And man, as I look back personally, and I just, I know that, that folks here too do, we, do as well. We, we remember, Lord, when you, when you found us, when we were lost, and you found us. You reached out for us. It didn't matter where we were. We were in the deepest of places. Lord, and you reached out for us. And our love for you at that moment, man, oversee anything else. So I just pray that that fire, that first love, that you would just fan that flame within us, Lord, so that we can, again, pursue you with everything. Lord, that there may be nothing more important than you, that you would be the center of everything around us, the center of our schedules, our lives, career, relationships, Lord, that you would be the center. I pray that, Lord, and that right now we walk out of here understanding that we have a job to do. It's consistent. It needs to happen often, that we need to, again, cultivate the soil no matter where we are, no matter if we're just understanding and having belief and faith or no matter if we're just, you know, sometimes distracted by the things around us or sometimes we're uncommitted. We, we just pray as you promise that you're going to meet us where we are. And allow us, Lord, give us the boldness and the strength, the steadfastness to be able to remove the things that we need to remove and put you in your place in our lives. That's what we pray. That's what I pray for everyone here, for my brothers and sisters today, Lord. Give us the strength and allow us to grow, Lord, and not just grow, but to bear fruits, a fruit that will last, a fruit that will be impactful for this community, for this area, for the world, for the people around us, for everyone, Lord, which is who you've called us to. We thank you and pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, people, get to work. <laughs>